0: Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who have always known that Megan Fox does more for bisexuals than she does
1: for straight boys. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them.
0: We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are?
1: Today, we are talking about 2009's Jennifer's Body. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Why, Chip? (laughs) Killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Are you scared? Thought you only murdered boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to, okay? You can barely finish gym class.
0: Before we get in too deep here, we just want to give you a little teaser for the second half of this episode, which is that our friend Joey Donatelli is going to be joining us. They are one of the nicest people in the world and also just so happen to be our merch designer. Um, they're a doll collector, uh, like active on TikTok. tiktok um, Also, they do a majority of the product and packaging design for Trixie Mattel, which is really cool. Um... And we just love them. And we think that you'll love them too. They speak faster and with more expression than almost anyone I've ever met in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Which will be a
1: fun listening experience. So you have that to right. look forward to. But yeah, Audrey, how are you? Oh, um, I'm good. It's finally spring weather here. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that in the morning, when the sun rises, it beats directly on my bedroom window and creates a greenhouse effect. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. And I wake up really hot, really overheated. And then, like, I, I, it was so hot in my room when I woke up, I had to turn on my window unit.
0: Whoa. Which is that's crazy. wild.
1: Yeah, like it's it's you know it's like fifty nine degrees outside, but because of the sun, the sun's beating on my room. <laughs> Wait,
0: have you lived in that apartment in the summertime yet?
1: Yeah, I, we moved here August first last year. Right,
0: moments before we got on uh, the Zoom here, Audrey and I were both just interviewed for a local news segment about our show choir documentary, which was fun. Also, I just wanted to say to those of you who care/ slash have been listening, um, this is the first episode we've recorded post uh, my play happening. and it went super duper well. I'm Audrey came into town and it was really nice to have her there. and she, uh she and Josh filmed the. Uh, play. So if you're interested in seeing it, which I'm guessing most of you would be based on subject matter alone, let us know. We already have a spreadsheet going of those who are interested. Maybe we'll do another little sticker thing to collect people's emails, but it'll be cute and fun. And you're invited. We don't know when we're going to stream it, but we're going to stream it. We are going to do our hot take of the week with Joey in the second half, so you can look forward to that then. So, um, I will guide us through the facts, because for once, I did the notes this week. Okay, so, Jennifer's Body was released in theaters on September 18th, 2009, and was overall very much a Diablo Cody joint, and I will get m- into more about her. It was directed by Karen Kusama, which, to me, felt a little random just looking at her history. Like, she had only directed this one feature before, um, and it was called Girl Fight, which apparently was really critically acclaimed, and people really liked it. And it was about teenage girls as well, so probably not that random of a choice. She but just,
1: like—she, like, had the hype at the time um, yeah. from Girl Fight, and actually, um, I—we got um, Karen to come in for Fusion uh, oh, one year, and yeah. she showed— um, She showed her film that was new. Oh, it it was Nicole Kidman, like, fighting crime. I forget what it was called. What? But it was, like, a few years ago. We got her to come in, and I feel like all the Q&A questions were about Jennifer's body. Everybody just wants to talk about Jennifer's body. (laughs) That's funny.
0: I buy that, though. People are so into it, which we'll get into. Diablo Cody. If you listen to this podcast, you know who Diablo Cody is, but she is best known for writing Juno, period but then also uh wrote obviously Jennifer's body a young adult uh this movie Tully which i think Tully. is coming out Tully
1: no, did Tully. it come out in 2018 Yeah it came out a few years ago and it it makes complete sense that she wrote that um it's uh Charlize Theron being an overworked mother and that is yes. very much the vibe of what Diablo cares about now also she
0: Seems like she created and ran this TV show called One Mississippi. Um, But fun fact, she was also an executive producer on the United States of Tara. So that's cool too. And Diablo Cody is an interesting case in that she kind of got like shat on by the industry after Juno to a certain extent, Um, which we'll get into later because it kind of overlaps with Megan Fox's treatment by media in general. But anyway, this movie, Jennifer's Body, was produced—well, executive produced by Diablo Cody, but then also this trio of men, Daniel Dubiecki, Mason Novick, and Jason Reitman, who clearly are like a little collaborative group. They all worked on Juno. They—almost all of them worked on Up in the Air and Thank You for Smoking— But Mason Novick notably worked on 500 Days of Summer, which awoke a need in me to do an episode on 500 Days of Summer that I did (laughs) not know existed. So we had those people working on the movie. Should we read this plot synopsis?
1: When a demon takes possession of her high school hottie, Jennifer Jennifer Check I know her last name <laughs> I just like, <laughs> added it Jennifer Check turns a hungry eye On guys who never stood a chance With her before While evil Jennifer Satisfies her appetite for human flesh With the school's male population Her nerdy friend Needy learns what's happening And vows to put an end to the carnage it, It's simply not about that <laughs> I it's don't like think these, it's not. These events happen, mm. but that it doesn't outline the true conflict.
0: Yeah, but the true conflict is like a plot twist more than anything else. Also, to me, Needy is the main character, not not Jennifer.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. We'll get much more into this. Um, but Audrey,
1: you know what you have to do. Taglines. We've got one, and it is, she's evil, dot, dot, dot. And not just high school evil.
0: (laughs) I think that's okay. Okay, let's get into this cast. So, obviously, we have Megan Fox as Jennifer. The titular role, if you will. Um, And she is best known for a lot of different things. But in terms of credits, um, she's best known for being in Transformers as the hot girl, obviously. Uh, She was in... The movie that started this entire podcast, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, as Carla Santini, Love. She was also in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 2014 and 2016. And those are projects she's literally openly shat on since being on them, which is funny. (laughs) Um, She was also on a bunch of this show called Hope and Faith, which I didn't know about, but I saw it on her IMDb. And she's also in the Love the Way You Lie video, which... uh, I would recommend re-watching. Uh, it had been a while since I even listened to the whole song and the video is pretty unhinged. So you should watch it if you haven't recently. Um, also, just like some of the rhymes in that song never <sighs> cease to be extremely amusing. Yeah, <laughs> Like you're watching her leave out the window. Guess that's why they call it window pane.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. Um, Also, interestingly, I didn't know about this, but it'll come up later. Uh, Part of what, like, led to her downfall in the public eye is that she had this, like, really horrendous, like, moment with the press on the red carpet at the Golden Globes. Audrey, are you familiar with this situation? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I actually just, like, I've been kind of binge-watching, like, the current Megan Fox interviews just to, like, get a feel for her. Uh And she... There was this one video that was like a, would you still wear this? And... But the picture they gave her was from that event. So she was looking at the outfit of what she wore to that event where that happened. And she said that basically what happened was she just... (laughs) At the Golden Globes, they put these giant bottles of champagne on the table. And that she was, like, at a table with Blake Lively and the Jonas Brothers. And she, like... (laughs) Drank way too much champagne and then just said a bunch of shit she shouldn't have said on the red carpet. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I was. When I watched the video, my jaw dropped. I could not believe what she said. I'm not going to recount it here. And really, I shouldn't even be doing her dirty by bringing it up, but uh, it led to a downside in public uh, opinion, clearly. Now she's intensely dating Machine Gun Kelly, which is a whole thing I've basically avoided because I don't care. But Audrey, how would you characterize
1: the dynamic? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly is from Cleveland, which is just like a notable fact. Um, I always forget I, that. I remember when, when the Cavaliers won in 2016, he was here. And I remember er, he was there in Cleveland. I don't know why I say here as though we're both <laughs> there. Um, and he was like swinging off the traffic um lights. Like Whoa. he was like climbing shit. And he like was on a float in the championship parade. I remember seeing him and he was just like beyond hype. Like it, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can and sort of have some level of I don't listen to his music, and now he's doing that like cringy emo boy thing <laughs> with yeah. <him. laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's just classic. Also, I wanted to mention that. Megan Fox also has a stint on New Girl that I rewatched watched um, semi-recently, and I was like, why is Megan Fox here? It was while Zoe was gone. I think she was having a baby. Oh, that's weird. uh, It was like season four, season five, and she's on the show. I never watched New Girl for obvious reasons. See, I, like, didn't think it would be good, but then I watched it and genuinely I would laugh. The only thing that I, like, really took in about
0: her dating MGK was that she was like, I met him and I realized we were twin flames. And they're, like, they are really, uh... It kind of seems like they're made for each other, but also seems like it could end in total disaster. Next up, we have Amanda Seyfried as Needy and... I resent this woman because for some reason she cornered the market on movie musical ingenue casting, but she's not
1: good at singing. I think she's just, like, very passable at singing. Yeah.
0: It's just, like, like,
1: it's not great. But she's, because she's, like, a bankable movie star, she can, like, do that. She can get away with that. She sounds yeah. like Snow White in Les Mis. Like, she sounds like a little hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, like, kind of works stylistically. Yeah.
0: But also, I'm just like, there are so many talented singers in this world. Just why? Um yeah. But that's another topic for a different time. But she's in Mamma Mia and Les Mis, but she's currently in The Dropout, which is the Elizabeth Banks TV show. Elizabeth um, Holmes. <laughs> fuck. I knew as I said it, it was wrong, but I went for it anyway. Elizabeth oh God, Banks imagine. is an
1: actress. Who's Elizabeth Holmes? Elizabeth Holmes is the Theranos creator. Uh, that's literally The Dropout Why is do you about? think
0: I know what that is? I don't know what that is. <laughs>
1: Oh. <laughs> what is that? You remember the whole scandal about the woman who started the billion dollar company where she was trying to she was trying to revolutionize health care by making it so you could prick your finger and do, like, give one drop of blood and be able to run, like, countless tests on it, which is, like, physically impossible. I'm, like, shocked that you missed that one. I have literally never heard of this in my entire life. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, there's so much content about it, and I— um, Yara actually recently posted a video about, like, does every real-life disaster situation need to be a fictionalized show? Like, I watched Do we really the video. have to do that? And The Dropout is another example. Like, wh- why you should just listen to the podcasts or, you know, watch the interviews. Like, the, to me, the real thing is so much more interesting than the fictional version could ever be.
0: Okay, wrapping her up. Her big break was Mean Girls. She was only on soap operas before then. We have Adam Brody as Nikolai, the front man of the band that abducts Jennifer or whatever, uses her as a sacrifice. Um, And he was best known for being on The O.C., Jennifer's Body, obviously, Ready or Not, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and otherwise IDK. I looked at his Wikipedia page. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> and then We have Johnny Simmons as Chip Dove A.K.A. Needy's boyfriend um, I knew he looked familiar But I couldn't figure out why He's Brad in Perks of Being a Wallflower A.K.A. the boyfriend Of his older sister The main guy's older sister um, And again this awoke and needed me To do an episode on that movie really bad um, He's also in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World And the to-do list And that's that on that man
1: the budget is an estimated $16 million. Um, that's pretty nice. It's not huge, but I feel like, you know, it's a nice mid, mid-level. mid Box office opening weekend made 6868397 And the overall worldwide gross is $31,556,061. Um, so that's like pretty dang good. Um, Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's a slow, a slow (laughs) build to success over time. Like it wasn't an immediate success in the theaters by any means. But now it's not even a cult classic. It's just
0: Everybody loves it. (laughs) So the critic score for Jennifer's Body on Rotten Tomatoes is 45%. And the critic consensus is as follows. Jennifer's Body features occasionally clever dialogue, but its horror comedy premise ultimately fails to be consistently funny or scary enough to satisfy. And I'm just going to read you some quotes from the reviews from the period. When I was looking on Rotten Tomatoes, there was a lot of like, 2019 and on, like, critics weighing in after the fact, which felt very, like, classic because this movie was a sleeper hit. Um, But here are some reviews from the time. Um, This first one comes from Catherine Bray of Channel 4 Film. This is a positive one, <laughs> rarely. Jennifer's Body has more to say about the dynamics of teenage female friendship, sexual power games, and the trials of adolescence than many a more self-consciously worthy film. But even without this uplifting backbone, it would still be an above averagely entertaining night at the cinema. At last, a film for girls and right-minded boys that cuts out Bridget Jones-style winging about wobbly thighs, dispenses with obsessive Jane Austen husband-seeking, and completely ignores the naff material of Sex in the City in favor of a funny fable about high school friendship and sexual awakening. Catherine really knocked it out of the park with that one, and she didn't need 11 years to get that take in order. Yeah, truly. But now we kind of get into the uh, generally male critical response to this movie. So Christopher Orr of The Atlantic said this in 2009. The wiser-than-wise patter of Juno also worked in large part because the character herself was fundamentally innocent and the dissonance was endearing. The jokes about the meanness of Diana Ross and her own status as a cautionary whale gave Juno McGuff an edge. But Jennifer Check is all edges to begin with. Well, and curves, you. Coming from the mouth of her predatory mm-hmm. Megan Fox, Diablo Cody's dialogue, which always flirts with self-satisfaction, too often feels like the smug growling of the overdog. <laughs>
1: What? First of all, what are they talking about? Literally Literally what? What? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. And then last but not least. Can I read Roger's? Yeah. It's really weird though. Like Roger did not know what to say about this movie. Clearly.
1: He said, Megan Fox is an interesting case. We think of her as a star, but this is actually her first leading role. She didn't get to number 18 on a Maxim's Hot 100 list of 2007 for acting. The top post went to Lindsay Lohan. How quickly times change. Fox is also famous for her many tattoos, but in researching that aspect of her image, I made an encouraging discovery. Anyone can have a tattoo of a butterfly— Been there, done that. But Megan Fox has a tattoo that quotes King Lear. We will laugh at gilded butterflies. How cool is that? Plus, so far, there are no tiresome rumors about booze and drugs. Doesn't that feel like really out of character for him? Yeah, kind of. Because he has reviewed other actresses in a similar spot to Megan Fox in a really respectful and nuanced way in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why does that all go out the window when it comes to Megan Fox? I don't know what it's it's this like perfect storm of things she said, the way people perceived her people feeling threatened by her and um, the the uh, transformers situation it, it was kind of just this like is the transformer situation just that she was sexualized in it? There's that so of course there will be women sadly there will be women who watch her in that and like kind of demonize her or be like shame on her for like being this way or whatever and then yeah. also she had a falling out with a director. Of Transformers. Oh, right. And, and that's what really turned people's uh, perception of her. Right. Negative. Now I remember.
0: Okay, so audience score 35, even less than the critic score, which I don't understand how that's possible, especially considering the renaissance it's having. But here's just three short little reviews that I pulled. I've had bowel movements that left me more satisfied than this movie. I love horror lesbians and it's dope. I would smash LOL. And then just, I added this in. There were like a ton of reviews on there now that were like, literally just re spewing points that like Yara's video makes and that like everyone's ubiquitous statement about this movie now is like it yeah. was mismarketed but everyone says that as if they're like inventing the light bulb but whenever I they know. say it it's literally not news <laughs> yeah. um but yeah just on the Rotten Tomatoes page it's like this was mismarketed and I'm like thank you so much as like the 80th person who's written that here yeah um okay, so normally we would get into the like cultural context, the gossip section, um, but I thought it would be worth going a little bit more into depth about this interview that Diablo Cody and Megan Fox did in 2019. Um, it was like, the Jennifer's body reunion is how it's described. But there were just a couple parts of it that were particularly interesting to me. This movie came out two years after Juno. So clearly Diablo Cody was like really hot at the time that the movie came out. And it was like, it was her first feature that she had ever written and she was very much like an industry darling at the time. And in this interview she was talking about, because it was in 2009, um, like Twitter was new back then and that after Jennifer's body came out she like really masochistically searched her own name on Twitter and saw like all these industry peers just like shitting on the movie and the screenplay Mm -hmm. and like her work as a creative And she was like, I don't know if they thought I just wouldn't see it. I don't know if they thought I wasn't on Twitter, um, but that really hurt me. And Megan Fox was like, yeah, 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 I never do that. Um, Which I just thought was interesting and sad and very
1: 2009. Also in that interview, which we'll link to because it's very interesting. Diablo was talking about how at the test screening, they would recruit the wrong audience to watch the film, which was people who love Juno and then, like, 18 to 24 white guys instead yeah. of, you know, horror fans or, you know, coming of age, you know, or, like, like, teen girl movie fans. Like, that's what it should have been. She was talking about how they'll, they'll give you a card and to write your kind of opinions and fill out a questionnaire when you are in a test screening. And some, like, boy wrote that it needs more boobs, uh, that was his his great takeaway. Yeah. Um, and apparently it was spelled B-E-W-B-S. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's what they were working with here. Yeah. Um, and Megan also brings up an interesting point in this interview that I never know how to wrap my head around fully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was talking about how... Um, Obviously, so many improvements have been made since this film came out as far as, like, spotlighting um, misogyny in the industry and, and all that stuff. But Megan is talking about how she still feels that there isn't a place for her in feminism because she... Uh, Who is that reminding you of? Right, and that always <laughs> reminds me of of Lana Del Rey's infamously bad Instagram posts <laughs> <laughs> from like 2019. Just so poorly that worded shit and
0: slapped so hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, just bad from from front to back. She was not using her brain. Yeah. Um, it, it's a very distinctly white woman point to make about because okay, here's the thing: I am sure there are many ladies out there who have and do shame Megan Fox without knowing anything about her like I I totally believe that that uh, she's been through that from women and women who claim to be feminists too so I can understand how she would be pushed in that direction but ultimately you would think that by this point um she would have the higher knowledge to know that, Her speaking out on that is not, it's not a a real point. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's also not in her best interest. (laughs) Yeah, it's not in her best interest and it's not an actual point like she's not making a point there
0: yeah well it's interesting too because she talked in the interview about how she felt like she IRL was like being sacrificed to the industry gods as like a hot sexy lady which like yes but then her points kind of like spin off into this Lana-esque Tangent where she's just like, I'm a hot, delicate woman who's highly sensitive and is really bothered by the media. Literally, she and Lana have a ton in common.
1: They do have a ton in common.
0: They have a ton in common. And the whole, like, publicly intense slash volatile Megan Fox, MGK relationship, like fits so perfectly into the entire narrative. But I will say that she seems like an extremely authentic person for better or for worse. And I do appreciate that about her.
1: She does kind of seem like a crystals bitch too. (laughs) I was just about to say, I feel like she's like two
0: steps away from being like, I manifested MGK in a dream after I took mushrooms in the woods somewhere. Like, I appreciate her as a media personality who seems willing to take a risk you know what yes. i'm saying and also just entertaining okay so we are about to uh enter our second half here i rented this movie and audrey got yes. it on tubi so. <laughs>
1: guys
0: use to be
1: have an ad blocker be and use to be and you'll be good yeah I'm fake
0: so give it a watch and when we return Joey will be with us and we will truly get into it as a little group so enjoy the movie and we will be back Everyone, we are back for the second half of our episode, and Joey has joined us, and we're so excited that they're here. Hi, Joey. Hello. Oh, my gosh.
2: I'm so excited to be here, you guys.
0: (laughs) We are thrilled (laughs) to have you. You are definitely um, one of our most faithful listeners, always giving the feedback we need. It's great.
2: It's been a long time coming and I'm very excited yes. that it's finally that it's finally happened truly. I feel like yes. this is like the uh, the grand, amalgam- grand amalgamation that we've been waiting for. So, absolutely. So,
0: <laughs> so for those who don't know, um Joey Well, I have like a whole bunch of little things written down about you. But uh, in terms of the podcast, Joey is our merch designer. So whenever you hear us being like, buy the merch, um, Joey's beautiful work went into it. So if you've seen any of our stuff before, um, they made it and it's great. Also, Joey, would you want to describe like who you are, what you do, what the vibe is?
2: Oh my gosh! Absolutely. So, you guys, for those of you who don't know, I'm Joey. I am the merch designer, as it has been said. I am from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I am a graphic designer and digital illustrator. Um, I also work at Ulta because that's just that's just the way things are right now, and that's that's fine. <laughs> um, but I ha- I do work for Trixie uh, Mattel, Loverboy, um, It Gets Better, um, basically all the really fun, like fruity, feminine clients that we live for. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from that, I also am on TikTok. I make toy review videos over there, makeup review video, makeup review videos, just anything that makes me happy, it makes people smile. So that's what I'm all about.
0: Joey, love that you're here. So happy you're finally here. And we saved our hot take of the week for when you were to join us. So, Beautiful. what is our hot take of the week?
2: this week so I asked what is the super? well basically what is the superior like character bedroom whether it be a TV or like movie scenario personally for me I'm very into and I know this is like a hot take it's the iCarly bedroom but specifically when she gets her makeover bedroom because she gets all of like the can't like the gigantic candy elements and the chandelier and the uh uh-huh. and the sandwich and ice cream sandwich like autumn and like, it's just so lit and then she had that gigantic like vanity <laughs> TV thing I was like she's a spy kid Green, mm-hmm. Like that spy kid stuff. I loved it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I would say, and my answer is really similar, but it's just the that's so Raven version. Yes, yes, I was yes, thinking yes, that yes. too. She, mm-hmm. she also had a bedroom makeover, and she had that bed that was hanging, Smooth. and I thought that was oh. the coolest, mm-hmm. the coolest thing ever. Okay, I have. I
0: guess this is kind of cheating. Because my first thought was Regina George's bedroom, a great bedroom. But I think this is kind of off brand for me, but I feel like Arnold's bedroom in Hey Arnold is an underrated good bedroom. Like, with the skylight, and it's, like, in the attic, and it's so cute. Like, I always thought that that was really cool, even though it wasn't, like, hyper girly or feminine or anything. Um, It was a vibe, and he always, like, laid there and looked at the sky, and there was, like, freeform jazz playing in the background, and, like, who could ask for more? (laughs) I loved that bedroom. It was, like, Um,
1: Also, shout out to... Um, Lola step's bedroom yes, oh yeah 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 yeah,
0: yes, and you're here with us today because you're a significant fan of Jennifer's body,
2: oh yeah, oh yeah, since this <laughs> since the the minute you guys the minute this movie like just hit the scene, I was a changed changed person it was it was intense it was intense for me <laughs>
0: okay, so. <laughs> Normally, as you know, we always talk about our like first viewing experience or like things we remember about this movie from the very first exposure we had to it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your experience is with Jennifer's body from 2009 to today?
2: Okay, so before we get into that, just like the... the. Uh um, audrey i feel like i have just closest to heda but we you, I haven't really talked about it basically a lot of like my interests and in things were policed growing up so like a lot of like like movies like feminine movies were kind of like my only like uh, real outlet to kind of express and celebrate femininity and around this time around mm-hmm. middle school time was when i was started being bombarded with like the kind of like teenage boy movies that at the time were especially like gross and misogynistic like i'm thinking kind of like knocked up and like saying and like things that were like, kind of like were specifically mm-hmm. women were kind of written as like these pre- and like really gross props at that. So we were going yeah. to see another movie at the movie theater. I don't remember which one. It might've been like um, a disaster movie or something like along those lines. It's something really like mm-hmm. kind of immature and teenage boy-esque, but that's what we were going to see. And I remember uh, we were walking through and I saw the poster for the, for the Jennifer Body movie and I was like, hold on hold on, hold the phone. And I, and I walked over cause like, I think my dad and my brothers were really like, getting tickets. I walked over and I was looking at it and I was like, okay, this isn't, I knew this wasn't turning me on. I was like, this isn't this, I know this isn't doing that, but I was like, but she's an icon. She's legendary. I knew it was Megan Fox. I had seen her before. I loved her. But then I looked at it closer and I was like, is that a hand coming out of like, I remember like the hand coming out. And then I really was like looking I was like, Oh, this looks lit. This looks so good. And I knew it wasn't coming out until like, like later on because it, like, it was a coming soon post or whatever. But I was like. Going to see that. Going (laughs) to just make a mental note. Going to see that in the future. Um, Don't recall the other events that day. That's really the only thing I recall from that movie theater experience was seeing that poster. Fast forward to like around Christmas time, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, It came out. I either had it on DVD or I got it from iTunes. I remember I was sitting on my brother's bed watching it in his room behind him because I was also not really into horror movies at all. And I was under the impression Mm that this was was like a real hardcore rated R gory horror movie. And I was just like not that kind of girl, like at all. Like I was just like not. (laughs) But I was like, but I was like, you got to do it. You got to just brave, put on a brave face and just go for it. So I, I turned it on. I was sitting there and I saw this like the pink type, you know, just come up on the screen. I was like, oh. Oh, Okay. 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 We're good. We're good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine here. <laughs> this movie basically confirmed and also fueled my like inherent distrust of like men and masculinity, and sort of like my further allowed me to put f- fem- like put femininity on a pedestal. And mm-hmm. it was really cool to see like the, specifically Megan Fox, who at, up until this time had, had been kind of put into roles that did kind of like objectify and like make her like the, like, like 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 kind of. I don't want to say less than what she is because those roles are still iconic. But at the same time, like it was, uh-huh. she wasn't like given the full forefront of what she's given in Jennifer's body. So it was really cool to see her in that role there. Mm-hmm. But it was also just cool to see like a really powerful female character who is celebrating. Like her, it was definitely felt very very queer. Which even though I wasn't mm-hmm. like. fully like aware of my own queerness yet. I was very kind of comforting. And I was just like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm here for this. I love seeing the guys get torn apart. I was like, this is very cathartic (laughs) because like, even though I had had absolutely zero experience with them, I very much like saw myself and a lot of like my rage towards men and sort of Mm -hmm. like my rage towards the fact that I wasn't like, kind of like that I, Deal, like man, I guess mm-hmm. at the time. Like I feel like I was, it was, it was very good to see like all of that just kind of ripped to shreds and like that that like feminine kind of being self separated again. So it just it right. kind of it kind of just very much allowed me to be like, oh, this is maybe where you should maybe pivot more towards. Like maybe not, <laughs> maybe not killing people, maybe not like being a bit. I'm not gonna lie to you though, um, like a lot of <laughs> other cis. Oh, I guess, well not cis, but at the time was um sis gay. I definitely am taking like bits and pieces of like mean girl personalities and kind of sprinkling that through. I've since kind of
0: mm-hmm.
2: cleansed myself of that because you know that's mm-hmm. not that's not the vibe. But definitely <laughs> taking bits and pieces of that. And I think kind of like at the time was sort of necessary because I feel like this movie kind of gave me like an armor that I sort of felt like I needed, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was it was very like gratifying to see.
0: <laughs> wow. That's such a wow. beautiful relationship with this
2: movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. And also just like, I'd also seen Juno prior and I didn't, I don't think I was aware that they were written by the same person but like I really mm-hmm. vibe with judo I loved that movie like really so I, I I guess I guess the vibes there also I was like very attracted to like like there's certain like to, like dialogue deliveries that like Jennifer has like in the movie like there's this one part where she's like like no way like Eric like Eric's like shit like the way she just says certain <laughs> stuff is just so like funny and like I didn't expect it to be funny like I was very like delighted but also scared but also kind of horny like it was it was all very <laughs> it was it was a lot it was a lot for me <laughs> to take it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Audrey, when's the first time you saw Jennifer's Body and what was your reaction? Or like, what are your early memories of it?
1: I knew about it vaguely from when it came out, I think. But I never saw it because Hannah and I both didn't watch horror movies. So mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, it was basically taken out of the game before it even had a chance. Well, like,
0: I, I just didn't know. With the say. exception, With the exception of Sweeney Todd, which I watched in eighth grade. That doesn't really count. Well, I feel like it
1: counts in the way that Jennifer's body counts. I would argue no, but also when you watch them both, yes, they are on par with each other after you've seen them. Yeah. But beforehand, they, you're, they're not perceived yeah, in the same way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll give you that. I didn't actually watch it, I think, until, like, 2017 or so. Mm-hmm. And I was in college and it's just a movie that you hear about in film school. Yeah. I feel like. And yeah, I lived. And I <laughs> I that was the beginning the beginning of when I started watching horror in general. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Like cuz before that I was just like I can't. Like I just yeah. I can't. And then I, I figured out how to turn that part of my brain off mm-hmm. that like gets scared. <laughs> I
2: think. Mhm.
1: Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of my college
0: roommate, Angela. She is like a connoisseur of horror movies. And um, she really, really loved Jennifer's Body, um, among other way more like hardcore uh, horror movies. Um, But I learned about it. I mean, I definitely knew about it when it came out because... There was a Haley Williams of Paramore solo track on the soundtrack, and I've always been a big Paramore person, um, so I knew about that. Um, but otherwise, I well, the real truth is I didn't watch it until like three days ago, somehow. Um, which, when I told Joey that, they were like, "This is this is a code red! Like, what are oh, you doing?"
1: <laughs> I know, I know. This is a classic case. <laughs> I mean, this movie has me writing paragraphs. It has me writing essays.
2: It really, like, like flowing from the pages, flowing from our tips. Yeah, just onto the paper. Also, I will just say this too: like, even though not everybody has seen this movie, everybody has an opinion on it. Like, everybody has mm-hmm. something to say mm-hmm. about it, which I think, like, is very interesting because that's not the case with every movie, you know.
1: No, yeah, love it or hate it, you probably have an opinion, and <laughs> that's that's good cinema, you know. Amen. Girl. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start with the Worst Now category because we're obviously going to go on for days about all the good things <laughs> and the interesting things. And let me just say, seeing Chris Pratt is never a good experience. <laughs> um, I, I Every time I see his face, and he is perfectly cast, like he is playing a part that— that is perfect for who I see him as. Yeah, I don't like seeing his face. Also, <laughs> worse is just any implication that Amanda Seyfried isn't hot. Like, any anything that is saying, like, she's nerdy or, like, she's not, she's somehow less hot than Megan Fox. Like, you're not really... <laughs> disguising that very well that's a classic thing like they like think reach. um Anne Hathaway in Princess Diaries like well you know
0: what though also it's like the classic thing where like they let a starlet's hair be like a tiny bit curly and then they're like she's busted like that's
2: it
1: <laughs> yeah glass, like curly but yeah. not in like glass, yeah yeah Right. Joey, what do you have in worse? So,
2: okay, I'm just going to get, like, really fast, pick the low-hanging fruit, just the part with the boombox. I'm not going to say what she called it, but that part. And then also the part about getting her nails fixed just didn't age well. We're just going to put that down. But a part that has always bothered me about this movie is there's no explanation as to how that fire started. Like we never see like mm-hmm. any of the band like pour any gasoline anywhere or like clip a wire. And it's bothersome. It bothers me. And I just wish because it's not like they're already like magical satanic beings like prior to the ritual. So it's like I don't I don't know, Satan did the fire, but that I just wish there was a <laughs> bit more like explanation there.
1: Yeah, so do you wish that the band caused the fire in this grand plan? Or do you wish that there was just a physical reason that it happened and then it happened to help their plan?
2: Ooh, ooh. I wish they just caused it. I feel like them getting lucky yeah. enough to have it work in their favor, I don't want them to get that lucky. I feel like I want them to be the assholes who caused the fire. <laughs> Cause yeah, I feel like me it makes too. More sense I think that's them. a
0: stronger choice. I agree. So under the problematic list, I have like the same amount as bad, but my bad things are really nitpicky. Um, okay, so both of you will enjoy this as um, as graphic design people, but the font choice for the BFF locket bothered me so much. It was like the ugliest <laughs> font of all time, and I was like, come on, you couldn't have picked a better font than that. It's like Apple Chancery or something, like sad, yeah. just sad font choice. I... Thought that uh Jennifer was going to kill her mom. I, I wrote down Jennifer's gonna kill mom too. Or no or no no no, that she was gonna kill Needy's mom. Like I thought that was like my prediction. Um, which I don't know why it's written under bad, but I had it under bad. And really, my two things were I felt a little bit confused about why. Jennifer got into the van in the first place. Like I feel like it was supposed to be um or and it is like a statement about like assault sort of, like taking advantage of someone in a state of shock or someone who's like fresh off of a traumatic situation and like making it even worse. Um but as I was watching it I was like eh. that that was a little like a question mark for me. But really my main thing was that I was watching this movie by myself and This movie is so suspenseful in parts that it's like exhausting to watch by yourself and to not know what's gonna happen. I was going through it, but the suspense was impactful and good, I have to say.
2: I was just gonna say, very quickly, going off the just going back to the font thing, there was a banner for like this for like the dance at the end, and they're using papyrus for it. And that has also (laughs) always bothered the hell out of me ever (laughs) since I first saw it. It is just it just tears me apart.
1: But you know what? It is accurate because bitches do be using. True.
2: True, especially for. <laughs> when they
1: shouldn't and ads. have. N- right, exactly. <laughs> so at least it's true to life, you know. That's true. Um, that true. I feel like maybe next we should just do dated and problematic and just wipe that out the way because there uh-huh. are some things in the dialogue that haven't aged well, such as use of the R word, talking about. Ahmed from India, um, and just like a bunch of like throw, kind of like throwaway lines. They're usually jokes um, that that were fine then that like aren't fine now.
0: The whole thing was just very fall 2009 to me. Like that was my freshman year of high school. The whole, uh, it was very of that time, but like not in a good
2: way. It's, like, hard to tell. Like, I don't think Diablo Cody seems as though she'd be the kind of person to, uh, you know, actually, like, be, like, a um, an ignorant individual. But then again, this is the writing, and it's hard to tell if it is, like, her, like, like 2009, like, personal morals or if she's trying to, like, make statements about, like, these characters' morals, like, through this dialogue, it's fair. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to tell because it's, like, we're kind of... For so far removed from that mindset of 2009 now as people, it's just it's hard to analyze that, you know,
1: I think mostly it was just it was just fine. Like that that was still accepted as, you know, it might be a little edgy humor, Mm -hmm. but it was still like widely Mm -hmm. accepted. Joey, you start talk about the good stuff from Jennifer's body, which so many things <laughs>
2: right off the bat love that double sticker in needy's locker that looks very similar to jennifer it's very it's very like in your face but i like it it's very obvious um <laughs> as a kid i did feel very seen and protected by her when roman was like you know he called him a couple of and she was like well you would think that roman you would think that like yeah nah, nah, nah. and i was like you know what jennifer i don't think i'm gay <laughs> but i probably am and i respect <laughs> i respect that you like the gays you're an ally babe um what else what else what else when she was like k-i-c-k-e-r um it reminded me of the push apart for me and girls which i also appreciated and also it's not it wasn't in the Tubi version but in the other version there's a part where she's getting sacrificed like there's again just certain dialogue <laughs> things where she's like i could be a part of your street team like i don't know it's just like shit like that just made this makes me laugh. It. so it was just it's
1: fun to be yeah yeah for the whole time i guess Right. Speaking of, of dialogue, I do just have like a list of lines mm-hmm. I'm going to run through because they're all great. Of course, everybody everybody loves the it smells like Thai food in here. Have you guys been fucking? <laughs> everybody loves that one. Um, the shout out to Aquamarine <laughs> uh-huh. that exists. We have to recognize, even though she is bringing it up in a less than uh, satisfying <laughs> way. <laughs> cuz she's like i what did she say a girl who's half sushi yeah. and like fucks with her blowhole the entire sequence of lines at the end with um like you got a tampon cuz she wants to like plug her entire <laughs> that wound. made me laugh out loud <laughs> that is so good when needy is like fighting her in the final the final kill and she's like do you get all your murder weapons at home depot god you're butch <laughs> like, oh my god and then of course my tit and no your heart <laughs> that's all so great after they fight in the pool house you kind of think the movie's mm-hmm. over and then you get this entire like last quarter not even quarter it's less than a quarter but you get this last hurrah and on top of it there's a framing device for the whole thing that you also don't necessarily expect to pay off as well as it does um i definitely didn't expect it to pay off and the fact that she you know absorbs a bit of jennifer's power like the demon power she floats she breaks out of the (laughs) the like the solitary confinement and then goes and yeah yeah and like seeks revenge on the band it's just it's also just expert post-credit storytelling Uh uh-huh like I, i i love that kind of thing when when the credits are still like in within the story or like in the style of the film that's like my favorite my favorite thing
0: this is kind of like an overall statement, but embodied in this one specific line, which is like this movie just like relentlessly makes the boys look stupid as hell, which I love. Um, but one of my favorite examples of it is when um, Needy is having sex with Chip for the first time and she's like panicking because she's like having the vision of whatever. And he's like, am I too big? Yeah. that literally made me laugh out loud I was like this this is perfect um that was a highlight for me I love it when um they're in the pool house and she says nice insult Hannah Montana also perfect um it was (laughs) just obviously the dialogue is amazing and I feel like Diablo Cody like her writing style was a cultural reset for, like, anyone our age, even just in the way that we speak now. Like, I feel like that movie and Juno and Mean Girls, all these movies, like, really revolutionized the way that a lot of us talk, which is cool.
1: I, I got to admit, Through the Trees kind of a bop. Kind of good. It is!
2: <laughs> I was listening to that show, like, like, unironically, just through school. And you know what? I have no regrets. No regrets <laughs> to this Yeah. Guy. When I was watching this movie, uh, the, since I've seen it so many times, I was like trying to pay more attention to like the setting and like the clothing. And I was trying to like, to, like just kind of pick up like details that I maybe hadn't picked up on before. And one of the things I really noticed was like a lot of like the BFF necklace, just specifically when we first Jennifer, she walks in and like toying with it. And it's very like she needed to kind of like almost like seductively mm-hmm. into doing what she wants.
1: Yeah, that's a great point how like tuned in Megan Fox's performance is it, when you really pay attention to details like that you know twirling the necklace that as like a symbol of like toying with needy like it's 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 exactly. all there and um when you go back and rewatch it you can really like appreciate those sorts of touches cuz you can't know that from the beginning and i also was noticing the influence of heathers um, with Jennifer's body because, you know, we've got this element of how are these deaths affecting the school? And like, there's a teacher talking about it and, you know, the kids are stressed out and the kids are all um, rallying behind the band. And it, it just has like, it has some, some Heather's DNA in it for sure.
2: With the Heathers with their bright, bright, bright outfits on. And you see Miss Jennifer just like walking down the hallway and that iconic art hoodie, this, like, ev- like, it's just like she really is a like, center yeah. of attention. And it's, of course, it's like, it's obvious that she's supposed to be the center of attention, like, through the, like, through the clothing, but it just, it really does kind of evoke that Heather's vibe, too. And also a mean girl's vibe mm-hmm. as well.
0: It's the, it's like yeah. the school counselor addressing grief of it all, like, <laughs> it, like two of right. the whole school. Um, yeah, definitely saw that influence.
2: You guys, I also just really like, Appreciated like what I'm gonna call the clever camera work here. Only being for the sake of like comedic relief, and I'm specifically thinking about like the part where like you see, I think his name is Jonas. He like the football player guy. He's like standing there on the football court, and there's like that really heavy metal music of playing, and you see her walking in from the right, re- like very very distinctly from the right, and zooms in on him, and all of a sudden she's just like very quickly on his left. She's like hi, like very like bright <laughs> and like cheerful and like quick, and I don't know, it just like always makes me laugh. And then same with like when we first see the band and like that really up close shot of like Amanda Seyfried's forehead, she's like looking back and it's almost like a Scooby-Doo episode. Like it's, it's very like cartoony where you see her like very up close. I thought that was very just like funny. And I felt it feel, I don't know, Mm -hmm. it feels like they're trying to be like goopy with it. And I appreciate it, you know, just kind of, I guess like to lighten Mm -hmm. the mood, even when like they're literally discussing sacrificing her friend, We have this like weird shot. Amanda Seyfried, it was just, it was just fun. It was just fun to see.
1: Yeah. That's a classic type of shot too, where, I think it's called diopter or diopted shot, where you take the same shot, uh, one. One of them focusing on the people in the background. One of them focusing on the people in the f- or person in the foreground, and then you cut them together. Yes. And it's a really unnatural look because a camera like your eyes cannot focus on two things at once. So when you yes. see it, it's really uncomfortable, and that's usually like why that, it's used.
2: Oh my god, Audrey, thank you. <laughs> because literally, I first of all, I had no clue, and secondly, <laughs> yeah. it's it's very uncanny. So it, it, it feels very like it felt very like uncanny to see. I think that's a better. Descriptor, but like I didn't know that. I feel like I feel like I just learned so many new (laughs) things.
1: Also, I love that you said um football football court. court? (laughs) 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 You know,
0: you know the football court. I know I know
2: my way around around the football court. It's fine, it's all good. Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) also, I just wanted to say uh that In the way that this movie is so 2009, I feel like that's even more backed up by the fact that like throughout the movie, you see all of these like extremely of the moment band posters, including Motion City Soundtrack and Four Year Strong, um, which just spoke to my like alternative press teenage heart a lot. Um, And also just loved that I Want to Love You by Akon was playing in the background in one of the yes. scenes. I love that
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's all an extended metaphor for what happens when men become a factor in female best friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever infects Jennifer, you know, a demon, a demon in this case, is, like, essentially boy disease. That's kind of how uh-huh. I see it. Um, and, um... It completely explains why a male viewer or, like, whoever the fuck they were marketing this movie to just had absolutely no understanding or, like, perspective for it. It was just—it's just not for them. And I I can appreciate how this movie illustrates the way that male validation changes the way that some women and girls interact with each Mm -hmm. other— and, um, it's something that I don't, it's like, I don't, I don't enjoy talking about it that much because it's like, I don't, I don't ever want to shame that aspect of like, I guess, hetero women where, but it's, it's something that genu- genuinely happens like in female friendships once, you know, dudes become a part of it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunately really true. It's like, especially in high school, like if your best friend or someone you're close with like gets a boyfriend, it's like curtains, low key.
2: I can't speak to like the cis, like straight, like like females, like like just straight women perspective and like um, perspective um in this specific circumstance because I am not one. Um, I obviously <laughs> am surrounded by them at all times, but I like, I'm not one. So I'm not going to speak to that. But I will say um, it's interesting to see how they kind of like, or rather how Needy puts Chip on this, like, pedestal, right? And he's, upon watching this again, he's the worst. He's shitty. He doesn't care about her. Like, he, like, she's sort really, like, yeah, I feel, she's like, I feel guilty, like, being alive. And he's like, word. Like, he's just, like, not, like, a good, <laughs> like, receptive boyfriend. And it's just, it, it's very, it's very, it mirrors a lot of the relationships I've seen in, in my in and friends. It's very interesting from that regard, you know? And it's interesting to see how, like, and mm-hmm. I guess in the specific circumstance, how, like, Chip himself is being kind of used as a kind of pawn or a trophy and they're in the middle of their relationship. And I feel like that is very common. And But again, I'm not a woman. I'm not going to speak words, yeah. like, female, female, as far as specifically, so. But I feel like from the outskirts
1: of town, that's how it right. works. <laughs> <laughs> the outskirts, yeah. Generally speaking, Chip is a quote good guy mm-hmm. he's a quote yes. nice yes. guy and um you know compared to the band dudes he mm, looks yes. great i mean he is he is a great person by comparison but even somebody like chip who uh, when needy is trying to portray to him this situation he he Quite literally gaslights her about it and is like, no, I believe you, but I just don't believe this. And that is such mm-hmm. a that is such a touchstone of nice yes. guy behavior, mm-hmm. I feel like.
2: And then also, like, she's like, we can't go to the dance, it's so dangerous. And he's like, but I spent $12 on that corsage, babe yeah
1: yeah and at the end of the day he lets jennifer yes. make out with him even though he hasn't heard anything from needy's mouth why would he believe jennifer had her word when he already he already distrusts her so the, the math ain't mathin hannah what what do you think about the Like (laughs) gayness.
0: I was just, I was just, I was just coming up with something in my mind about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, one thing that I think is really interesting about the gayness of it all is that, like, it's like Needy is able to have like a raging crush on Jennifer while still having this boyfriend, and everyone just like accepts it, including her. And I just feel like the way that, like, the crush is like, kind of on the back burner after the first, like, quarter of the movie, um, kind of just speaks to, like, the complexity of high school female friendships, especially with, like, baby lesbians or, like, baby bisexuals. Like, you can't even put it into words, like, why you're jealous or, like, why you're controlling, um, because you don't have, like, the facilities to be able to look at it from the right perspective but I really appreciate how this movie like is super gay but it's like not uh like fetishy or like male gazy about it or when it is it's like really intentionally done like it's very uh, like it's like Mm self-aware about how it's framing the queerness and I'm surprised that I didn't watch this movie earlier because of the gay stuff on top of it all, I'm just surprised. The one question I have left, um Joey, if you have opinions on this, before we started the second half, we were talking about like Megan Fox's presence in media these days. Um Oh, I'm so yes. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this situation?
2: So I'm really happy you bring this up because I I hoped you guys would. (laughs) Basically, I am not here for the Megan Fox MGK, MGK hate train to an extent. I think they should be allowed to be cringy if they want to be. They're both adults. They're both attractive. (laughs) They're both happy. Let them be cringy if they want to be cringy. Where I draw the line, though, on the cringe, is the weird. Like it hurts her ring to take off. That's the one part where I'm like, we don't need to be doing that. But like, I like because I'm. It just felt like one day, like like literally within two days, it was like, oh, we love them. And the next day, it's like, oh, they're cringe. They're 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 too much. Like. No, they're not. They're hot. They're happy. <laughs> they're fine. Leave them alone. And I'm happy that Megan specifically is, like, getting her resurgence. i glad this movie is getting its resurgence. Like, it's really, like great to see like the younger generation and specifically the audience, like an audience who it was meant to be appreciated by is like actually growing up and being able to appreciate it, mm-hmm. which is hot. Mm-hmm. But then also I'm just really like happy for the longevity of Megan's career. I'm hoping that we're going to get to see her in like more stuff. I know she's already been in more stuff um, like, like recently, which is really, really hot, but it's <laughs> just like, it makes me really hopeful for like, of, like, like Lindsay as well for mm-hmm. her comeback. It makes me really hopeful for like all the other like girlies and like, I'm just here for it. I really, really love
0: you guys. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see like a Thelma and Louise esque movie with <gasps> Megan Fox and Lindsay Lohan. Oh be my awesome. God.
2: Oh, fuck. Yes. That's yes. the only yes. remake of that movie that I would be okay with if it was two people like that. Jennifer's mom looks like the a brats like they made brats doll moms <laughs> jennifer's mom looks just like that and i think that and i just i i love that like she's just like she's fitting the role she's she's the and and if any if jennifer's mom was gonna look like anybody i would expect it to be a brat yeah girl. so mm-hmm. it's just like it's in the details girlies it's in the details <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <laughs> that's so good i didn't even know they made brats doll moms
2: they're like they look just like uh like Y2K like bimbo mom Love, I love them all. <laughs> like, I'll send you guys pictures later. They're really like Please do.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and going going back to the Lindsay <laughs> Megan thing. I'm all for the resurgence. I want them to get great roles, but they have to be in stuff with good writing because that's where they have shined in the past Mean Girls um, and Jennifer's Body. Those are like their their greatest works. And it's because of these like basically white woman writers who have like quippy remarks. But they do such a (laughs) great they do such a great job with it. And um, that's what I'm scared of with Lindsay, especially right now <laughs> is that the mm-hmm. stuff that she's in it's I'm happy she's got getting jobs, but it's not gonna be good mm-hmm. movies. and that's sad to me. like like she needs to get like a Jennifer Coolidge type of thing where it's like mm-hmm. Jennifer Coolidge now is in White Lotus and she's she's got Mike mm-hmm. White writing for her specifically. and that that's the sort of energy that they need. They don't just need like, hall like hallmark christmas movies or like some weird blockbuster Mm -hmm. thing like they need specific work for them
2: i'm wondering if like Lindsay specifically is like looking at these like 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 looking at what she was offered and i'm wondering if any of those thoughts (laughs) if you just express have crossed her mind because I, if, I, if I were in her shoes, if I was in those Louboutins, I just like <laughs> wouldn't. I just like wouldn't like look at like a Hallmark, like script and be like, okay, I am Lindsay Lohan. Like I understand that it's been a while, but I am Lindsay Lohan. Like for the love of God, like put me in. Just, so I hope that that's gonna be like her thought process. But but like we don't know. You're you're, you're Audrey. Audre, you're probably right. Like, I mean, like
1: I'm pretty sure she's gonna be in like a Christmas movie with Cord Overstreet. That
2: just took two strikes off my life right there. Yeah. Like, just the Hallmark and the chatty Bout. Like, oh, no.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I so, wonder why. I hate to think that Lindsay just got lucky in the early 2000s with her, you know, her uh, forays into good writing and that she actually might not have good taste. And that is a mm. scary thought, but it could be true. I feel
2: like you just told me Santa Claus yeah. Go, I <laughs> like,
1: yeah I know
0: okay do we have anything left to say there's always more to say but today is there anything left to say
2: I do I did take the earrings the super percent silver of my earrings I did turn them into a necklace because I don't have my ears pierced but I did want to wear them so oh my I god. am
1: That's I do so have cool. them all on there so
2: for those of you I I, I was like oh my god because this is like a uh this is like a um a, a jean no, pant chain that broke. So I was like my like, turn into a necklace. But like I was like, I I, I wanna wear them. I wanna I want I wanna represent for the girlies, but you know, I couldn't I couldn't pull like an Apple Core situation because I didn't want to hurt myself. So this is what we did. This is what we That's
1: did. so but, cute. Buy the merch, please. The whole outfit yes. is so right. Like Jennifer's body uh-huh. shirt, you guys. merch on the necklace. Okay, so Joey, where can
0: everyone um find you on social media and whatnot?
2: So I am at Joey Sunny Design on Instagram and then Joey Sunny D on TikTok. And then my website, my website is linked on both, but it is jdonatelladesign.com. If you'd like to go peruse my work and also shop my pins that uh, Hannah and Audrey have so kindly um, yes. mentioned to you over the past couple of weeks. And
0: yeah. I have my daddy figure. Birthday. My daddy figure is right here. <laughs> yeah. I love
2: him. He's beautiful. He's so beautiful.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, Joey, such a long time coming. So glad that you were able to join us and for a movie you're so passionate about. It's just,
2: it was a match made in heaven. I just like, this was my first ever like podcast situation. I had a lovely time. You know, I love you guys. I'm very happy to be here. And I'm just, you know, I'm just very, I'm very honored. I'm feeling very honored.
1: So thank (laughs) you so much for having me. You're so welcome. We'll be back. Ne- Wait, will we? Will we be back next week? <laughs> yeah. W- w- this is our penultimate episode of season four. Next week mm-hmm. is the season finale. So, and it's a big oh, one. My goodness. It's a big one.
0: <laughs> I know. I think horrible. I'm going to have to carve out a significant amount of time to prepare yeah. for this next one.
2: This is exciting. I should, like, I'm I'm. I'm getting geared up, you guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs>
0: Okay, well, we all have that to look forward to. Um, Make sure to check out Joey's work um, because they're the best. And we will be back next week with a big special episode. Bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman-Hall. Executive producer of the show is Michael deAloya
1: You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover-cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at 2pingpictures.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at 2pingpictures and would love to hear from you there.
0: And if you love Sleepover Cinema, if it's become a staple of your weekly routine or if it's a new show you've been listening to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode with a few friends, maybe even both. We'll chat again soon.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories.